you've got to realize that whatever you're doing, you're competing with somebody. What is it that gives you an advantage over your competition? Whatever you're good at, try to be great at it. And if you're great at it, good things will happen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. This is the Maverick Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Maverick. Today, we have a combat veteran, a father, and a multi-genre artist in the building, the one and only 530. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. Good to be here, man. Good to be here. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing awesome. Before we dive into everything, for the 1% of the people out there that don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, I go by the name of 530. Like you said earlier, I'm a combat veteran. I did 11 years. United States Army, got deployed four times um, to Iraq and Afghanistan and Kuwait, respectively. Um, now I am a music artist, um, currently dabbling in the genre of country. I got an album dropping uh, January 24th, so, yeah. Very cool. I like the name 530. I also like how you spell it. Tell me yeah. this, how that started about. Man, it's actually, <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's just my birthday, man. I'm a oh, Gemini. Really? Yeah, May okay. 30th is, that's it, okay. 530. I didn't know if it was like an area code or something. <laughs> no, I was trying to figure it out. Just my birthday, yeah. man. Just that okay. simple. Yeah. Cool. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in an island called Sitka, Alaska, believe it or not. Really? All the way up in the far, far Pacific Northwest. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What was that like? Man, <laughs> I guess I can't compare it to anything else because that's where I grew up. But now that I've lived all over the world since then, it's a very unique place. And it was a very unique experience that, um, yeah, only the people that live up there can, can actually have. Yeah. Were, were you into uh, sports or what did you do while you lived there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was a multi-sport athlete and okay. um, I played basketball, football, baseball. Cool. And, yeah, I was, yeah, I was really heavily involved in all the extracurricular activities in high school. Yeah. What made yes. you get into uh, the military? Because I think that being in the military takes a certain type of person, you know, because yeah. it's like super strict and you don't know like where you're going to end up, right? Like there's a lot of uncertainty there, right? So my family has a real, real deep history with the military, starting back with my grandfather. Um, he served in the Army. Um, okay. He was in second ID, went to the Korean War, and that's the same path I took. I was in the same unit he was in. I went to Korea, like the same exact unit he was in, I was in. Wow. It's a pretty unique story. And then all my uncles joined the military as well, my mother, and yeah. What attracted you to that? Were you just like, hey, I just need to do some growing up and the military is gonna like, you know, provide that for me or what? I really just wanted to do it, to just be like my uh, parents and my grandfather. I wanted Got to just it. follow in their footsteps. I already knew I was gonna join the military. I had ideas of going to college and stuff like that, but deep down in my heart, I always knew I was gonna join the army. Got it. Yeah. And then you actually got deployed like several times, right? Yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that, because I think most of the people I know, they, they join the military, but they don't ever really get deployed, yeah. right? So what was that like? So they jumped me right into the fire as soon as I graduated AIT. That's uh, my training school. For those who aren't familiar with that, mm -hmm. um, I was actually sent to Korea, and then I was part of a, a, a brigade, really, that was the only brigade ever to deploy from one theater to another theater. We went from South Korea to Iraq. So I was only wow. in Korea for like maybe 45 days after a brief period of training and stuff like that, and then got immediately deployed to Iraq at the age of 19. And, it's crazy. 
Let's talk about <laughs> culture shock because you're in Alaska. All of a sudden, you're in Korea. <laughs> yeah, I went from I went from Alaska to Oklahoma to, from, to basic training to Virginia for schooling, then from Virginia to Korea, then Korea to Iraq in a matter of like seven months. Yeah. When you were in a basic training and doing all that, was there ever a moment where you're like, hey, maybe I shouldn't have done this? No, like, I was- Never, I'll, never I'll, any second guesses? Be, no. I was locked in from an early yeah. age. I knew I was going to do that. Okay. I didn't know that we were going to go to war, but I knew I was going to join the military. And yeah. I stuck with it no matter what. What ran through your mind when they said you're going to be actually deployed to, to war? It's like, I don't know, for me, it'd be like, oh, crap. Like, it's going to get real, <laughs> real quick, right? Oh, man. Our drill sergeants used to tell us, like, they had us lined up in Fort Sill, and they would tell us, they have us in a line, they were like, one, two, three, four, five. Out of you five right here, three, y'all ain't going to be here in a few months. I was like, so that hit me early then. I was like, yeah. it, it, like, shocked me then. I was like, man, he might be telling the truth. And as I was watching the news and stuff like that, I would see that. I'm like, man, was a lot of people. And um, it was pretty scary just to think about having to go out there. But when you're with people that you've trained with and built with and bonded with, it makes the transition a lot easier because you know you got somebody you can trust got every it. single day besides you. Did you think that it was worthwhile that you get, like, you know, what, what type of things did you come out of that? Because I imagine you get leadership skills. You yeah. get, like – you know, time management, you get all kinds of crazy like skills basically coming out of that. Right. So what was it like for you? For sure. It definitely matured me. I say that, um, I feel like the military is a good thing for men to in the United States to go to, yeah. to get them like just on the right path in general, like discipline, order, all that stuff in your life. The military instills that stuff in you. And if you are the type of person that's like a sponge and soak stuff in, you take that and you take those things to make yourself a better person. That's what I did. I'm not saying I was a terrible person before I joined the military because I was, my parents were in the military too and I was military too and I was always raised really strict. Mm -hmm. So I already had those fundamentals within me from my upbringing, but the military just strengthened them and really just made me a better man overall. My understanding is you're like the go-to guy to sing the anthem and stuff oh, yeah. like that during... How did that come about? Did you were you like always musically inclined, or they knew about it, or how did that happen? Oh, that happened at basic training. They asked for uh, volunteers to try out, like for the graduation ceremony. Who wants to sing the national anthem? Mm -hmm. So it was three of us in my platoon, or my uh, yeah, just in my basic training class that decided they wanted to do it. So they made us do a trio since they couldn't decide who was going to do it. There's no audition or There was an audition. Or? We had the okay. audition during like our graduation tryouts, but they yeah. chose us three to do it together. So we came up with a little compilation. I see. And did a trio. So it just trickled down from there. I sung it again at the, I think it was a Pacific or Asian Pacific Month Heritage Heritage Month um, ceremony. We had it in Virginia for AIT. Sung it there again. And then it just, I don't know, they just kept yeah. requesting me every unit I went to in this. Imagine one the yeah. one the cats out of the bag. They're always like, "Hey, yeah. go to right." Like we got this performance or a talent show. Like let's put them in. Type it's, of thing. It's still happening right now. My yeah. <laughs> uh, my friend Eric Kelly, I grew up with in Alaska. He's actually still in the military. He's about to get promoted to lieutenant colonel in June. And he hit me up on Facebook the other day. He's like, nice. "Hey man, I'd love for you to come." North Carolina and sing the anthem at my ceremony. Yeah. And, and that's not easy to do yeah. too, right? There's, there's a lot of, you can't mess up the anthem. Nah, everyone know, everyone right. in the whole United States knows every word to that. So yeah. you can't mess that up. And, do you, and then if you try to do any crazy runs or anything, you better nail you better that. better hit them, right? Because there's yeah. been some greats that have sung that song. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of pressure. Man. So overall, you would say it's, it's, it's a positive experience or was there any like close calls or any danger while you were out there? Yeah, man. It was overall a positive experience. But of course, with war comes trauma. Mm -hmm. And I experienced my fair share of 
traumatic events and witnessed and done things that I would say nearly a hundred, like ninety nine percent of the people in the United States haven't done or in the world haven't done. For sure. And um, yeah. Um, I don't want to dive too deep into all that, but yeah, yeah just you. If, if you listen to my music, I use my music as like my therapist. The microphone is my therapist, so mm-hmm. I'm not the type that would really talk to, to about my trauma in person. But I will talk about it in my music, and if you listen to my music, you will definitely hear my story. I promise you. Yeah. Like I talk about yes, attempted suicide. I talk about people that I've lost to suicide. People that I have. Uh, Lost in battle, like all that kind of stuff you'll hear in my music. You'll hear like, yeah. We're, we're listening to the music when we're driving up for the podcast and, and you were talking about real stuff. I was also like sort of impressed that you had sort of a sample of a ludicrous song. Yeah. Right? How did that come about? <laughs> Tell me about that song. Cause I think it's a cool blending of like hip hop and like, you know, other genres all into one. Yeah. Know? That's my uh, most recent single called Growing Pains. That's like the little teaser song from my country project I got coming out. Mm-hmm. So I was just listening to instrumentals at my house with my boy Willis Ryder and um the the melody of the guitar just hit me and I just heard that ludicrous sample we were trying so hard hard to survive I just heard that yeah. in the melody so I was like man I'm going to use that as the hook and then we're going to write a verse too. So you just randomly yeah. thought about that ludicrous song from back then it just popped day. in my it brain when in. I heard that melody That's I was cool. like that that fits right there yeah, yeah. So what are your musical <laughs> influences in? If we're, we're talking about Ludacris and all this stuff, like what are your influences? Well, Luda did play a big part of my yeah. life. I grew up in the, uh, in, in high school in the early 2000s and stuff like that. So Ludacris definitely was a staple in my catalog. But to even take it further back than that, Jagged Edge plays a huge role. And just Jagged Edge, I feel like they taught me everything about love. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that. Yeah. Jagged Edge plays a huge role. I'm a huge Drake fan. Um, I listen to artists from Green Day, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Stain, Creed, Limp Biscuit, Eminem. I have a really diverse bag of what I listen to, mm-hmm. and that comes out in my music as well. I have songs that sound like something that Juice World would make, and I have songs something that sound like something Jaheim would make. And then, what about in the, the country music side? Because you know. I would say, I don't know if you're heavy into the country genre, but yeah. you've got a lot of country songs, right? Yeah. So, you know, if we're talking country musical influences, who would you list on that list? I would definitely put Chris Stapleton. I really love his music. Um, yeah. I got uh, Jelly Roll. I don't think he's considered truly country, but he's made country projects. Right. I really mess with his his whole vibe. He has his a crazy style. story. Yeah, like, even if you don't amazing. like yeah. his music, just you just got to respect like his I think story. the story is what brought me to the music. Yeah. yeah. He's. I used to see him on YouTube back in the day, like rapping in in uh, Nashville. Like, okay. It's crazy. Yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> so we got Stapleton. We got Jelly Roll. Who else we got on there? Um, there's an artist out of Texas that uh, we've been pretty much been coming up during at the same time. His name is Don Lewis. Man, he's pretty cold. Man, okay. he's he's a dope artist. Man, he's a uh, another African American country artist. He's pretty dope, man. Cool. There's a there's a whole new scene right now of, of black country artists popping up and yeah. yeah. The wave is pretty pretty dope right now, unique. I would say probably the the most I guess popular would be like Kane, I guess, who would yeah. you say Kane, Kane Brown, yeah. yeah. But his is like I, I guess his has a lot of eight oh eights and so stuff. So does uh, Morgan Wallen. That's, that's what true. That's Morgan true. Wallen, when I first heard his stuff, like I was like, man, he's really infusing hip hop and it right. makes it sound <laughs> That's what like kind of drew me to country even more. I was like, man, this yeah. is something I could really vibe with. Like, yeah. that. 
Yeah. Did you grow up listening to country too, or is this something recent? Uh, it's more the last three years I've picked it up. I moved to Oklahoma City three years ago, wow. so there's a correlation with that. Mm. Not... <laughs> you can't escape the can't country, escape right? Yeah. yeah. And I just fell in love with the sound for real, and the storytelling yeah. and the songwriting in country music is just it's immaculate. I love it. It's, It'll teach you about love too. Yeah, the bad side of love. Yeah, like, every, both you're gonna sides, lose yeah. your your car, your truck, your wife. <laughs> you're gonna lose it all, right? Yeah. Yeah. Stories you could tell over those. Uh, Guitars are endless. Yeah, sure. definitely. And my understanding is you didn't start recording until like 2020. Yeah. Right? So that's pretty recent. So yeah. all this time goes by and you just were like not interested in recording or what prevented you from, from putting something I've out? always been interested in making music. I've, I made a couple songs when I was in the military, but I was in the military and I didn't know how to maneuver in the music industry or how any of that worked back then. Back then, that was like pushing CDs out the trunk. Got it. I spent most of my career overseas in Iraq, Afghanistan, Korea, and Germany. So I didn't have time to really necessarily make music like I really wanted to. So 2020, I was had we all had the opportunity to sit down. I was living in Seattle, the Seattle area at that time, a town called Puyallup. And um, that's where the pandemic started. So we really had the lockdown. So I was just in my house, sitting in the garage one day, playing the game. And I was listening to just beats on YouTube and stuff like that. I found one that I liked and I downloaded this app called Voloco. And you just hook your iPhone mic or your headphones into it and you okay. can sing through it. And I just made a song and I was like, man, that song sounds really good. And then boom, just created a whole wave of creativity. I just created my artist name and just went from there. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It's crazy how, like, like you said, you could do it just with your phone, right? Like back in the day, you would have to, you know, go through a record label, go through yeah. publishing, and hope that somebody thinks you're talented enough to put your music out. But nowadays, like, like you said, just your phone, right? So, yeah. did you start writing music immediately after that, or what? I did. I just yeah. went on a rampage. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just started writing songs left and right, and yeah. put a lot of stuff out in 2020. Bunch of singles. Cool. That's what I, that was my approach in the beginning, just singles, and then. How'd you end up in Oklahoma? Pandemic again. Yeah. I got laid off from a job and I took that as an opportunity to move somewhere. I really wanted to move to Austin, Texas. Then I went down there and scouted stuff out and the housing market was pretty much the same as it was in Seattle. Was yeah, like, that it's make crazy. Sense. <laughs> all the tech companies are going Tesla's going there, all the yeah. tech companies moving over there. So I was like, that ain't gonna work. So yeah. my parents live here. They okay. moved here in like twenty seventeen. So I decided I was gonna just Set up some roots up here in Oklahoma City. You didn't want to go back to Alaska? Like <laughs> I, know, I, had, I really haven't been back there since no? I left, yeah. Okay. I left in 2004. I haven't I haven't gone back since. I really yeah. want to. I just haven't. Oklahoma winners are like cakewalk, like oh, yeah. it's t-shirt or I what? wouldn't say I wouldn't say that now. I'm no. I'm no longer I'm an Alaskan, but I'm not an Alaskan. Yeah. I haven't been there so long. So I'm not climatized for that no more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My understanding, you were also into choir and even like jazz, right? So for sure. Was that through the church and stuff like that or what? Um, my interest in singing came from my mother singing in our uh, church I grew up in. Okay. And then um, I was in choir growing up my entire life, starting in elementary school, middle school, high school. And then in high school, they had a vocal jazz ensemble, and I joined that. And we were able to uh, perform, and we won the Lionel Hampton Jazz Festival for small vocal ensemble, nice. coming all the way from Alaska. And uh, yeah, music's been a huge part of my life. I've just been singing forever. Got it. You decided to pivot from jazz. Like, what what's what sort of music were you singing with the jazz stuff? Oh man, we had a, uh, a rendition of um, "Sing, Sing, Sing." It's usually 
we did that, and that's what won us the jazz festival. Like we sung "Fly Me to the Moon" by Frank Frank Sinatra, stuff gotcha. like that. Like okay. classical jazz tunes. We had it was a, a four instrument quartet. We had a bass, guitar, um, drum, and piano, and then I think it was five or six. Of singers, yeah, that's a different type of singing yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like scatting and stuff like yeah, that. it's almost bag. like you're talking, yeah. right? Like Frank Sinatra, yeah. it's like effortless like, <laughs> talking, but he's singing, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Great experience, man. I owe a lot to my two music teachers, uh, my middle school music teacher, Mr. Kernine, and then my high school music teacher, Mr. Howie. Like they really, really, really piqued my interest in music growing up. When you decided to put your stuff out there and actually record it. What was the, the reception from your friends and family and stuff like that? What did they think about it? Everyone always told me that I should be doing that anyway. Yeah. So when I did it, everyone pretty much embraced it right away. Like, man, you should have been doing this in your 20s and stuff like that. <laughs> I didn't start making music until I was 35 years old. Yeah. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah. I would say that most people, like, I don't know, probably are, are afraid to do that. Or maybe their parents are like, hey, you got to go to school or whatever. Like, was there ever any pressure from your parents to, to go a certain route or do anything like that or what? My parents just wanted me to live my life in, in accordingly and follow my dreams. Like whatever I wanted to do, whether it was go to school or just go into the workforce, they supported that, whatever it was. As long as I had a mission or a job, they were okay with that. So they didn't have any objection to me joining the military or anything like that because they were in it themselves. So. Tell me about the uh, sharing of the stage in Kuwait. You shared some a pretty cool like stage, right? With, yeah. Tell me about that story. It was uh, 2012. I was actually deployed to Kuwait from Germany. And uh, B.B. Winans was like one of the guest performers that just came to uh, Camp Buring, I think it was called at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was in the gospel choir, and we all went to that show after practice one night. And um, he was like, I need to see if anybody out here can sing. And just like and people, with the he crowd, just said just that yeah, over the mic. Yeah. He was, and yeah. we just rushed. We just went up there. It was like five of us, and they were like, "Go up there, go up there." We just went up there. I was, I wasn't gonna go. I was waiting for him to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so he invited, he invited us up there, and then he just did some riffs and runs and stuff like that. And we just like call and response type stuff. It was just me and him battling back and forth for like two minutes. It was pretty dope. Nice. Do you remember what song it was, or was it just freestyling? He was just freestyling with his band, and then I would just repeat what he'd say, and I tried to modulate above what he was doing or sing it harder than what he did. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. It was like a little one-on-one -on -one battle between me and B.B. Wine. It was a moment That's I'll awesome. never forget. And <laughs> That's I, cool. My mom used to listen to him growing up, him, him and C.C. Wine, and so it was just like full circle. Like I never thought I'd ever have that opportunity to yeah. sing with somebody of that caliber. You got any pictures or video of that? There's actually yeah. a YouTube video out there on my uh youtube channel i've had for like a thousand years <laughs> <laughs> under my uh government name okay but it's out there it's on there cool so tell me a little bit about the the project that you're working on right now because it's about to drop and you've got a lot of momentum behind it yeah. you've got a listening party we were talking about so yeah. tell me about this new project this new project is titled the return and it's a a country album i have i talk about god a lot in this album I would consider it like a country slash gospel crossover type album. And then I have a couple love songs or breakup songs at the end of the album as well. I poured a lot of my time and resources into this album. And um, I think it's going to pay off in a major way when it's released to the world. It's actually out right now on my personal website just for purchase only. And it comes out for um, on all digital streaming platforms on January 24th. So if you want to support me now and get a people what I got going on, go to 530.com and you guys can uh, check it out there. 
And you got a unique way that you spell 530, yeah. right? So tell people about that too. So they it's find uh, the number five, I-V-E, and then three R-T-Y. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I think a lot of people have experience with the, I guess the model behind like buying the album and some might even say like, hey, if you want to buy this album, a hundred bucks an album, it's limited. Yeah. Do you ever thought about doing that? Like a limited press of vinyl or anything like that? I'm actually in the works. I just started working with CD Baby today. Okay. I'm getting some actual CDs made. The vinyls take like six months right now. The backlog is crazy. But I'm going to do some CDs. I know no one has a CD player, but people like something to hold on to. Yeah. They're really attached to that artist. And I believe CDs would be the way to go. It'll be, I'll sign them all individually and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm going to go that route with those. I'm not going to tax like that. I just want people to support and have something to hold on for me because this is a timeless project and I feel like people should. Yeah. I seen just in. just in hip hop, I think it was Nipsey that did it. Like he was like, it's gonna be like crazy, like a thousand dollars at home or something. I think Jay-Z bought a bunch of them or something yep. like that just to support him. So it's kind of a cool story. Yeah, I think the new wave right now in the music industry is the direct to consumer approach. They um like a lot of artists are moving to to where they're selling their music just like i'm doing it off their own personal platforms and they're not even releasing it on spotify or apple or anything like that because the payouts for those kind of um organizations take forever to get and they're not that high right. so if you can get 50 to 100 people to truly mess with you and who you are as an artist and you can get them to buy your album for ten dollars or more or whatever they want to pay for it then you're winning like it takes millions of streams to make the amount of money you can make by selling your stuff direct to the for consumer. sure yeah but even then i was seeing on spotify your numbers some of your songs got yeah. like a hundred thousand plus yeah. streams so how have you been able to get some momentum there just like promoting it on your social media definitely promotion yeah. promotion and cross promotion having yeah. other friends in the industry post your stuff like that and like everything in this industry comes with a price like nothing is free <laughs> nothing is free <laughs> yeah. so if you think that people are blowing up out of nowhere not the case. That's, nah, it's not happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to put money behind yourself so you can show the people that are the ones that give these deals and stuff like that just serious about your craft. Mm -hmm. So they won't have to do as much in, in turn because they know that you could do it for yourself. And that's what I'm becoming. That's what I am. I'm a self-sufficient artist. I have a team, but we're all cohesive and we're all working towards the same thing. Yeah. For this project, did you go to a studio, record it there, or did you just do... You know, it's hands-on. You're going to do it all by yourself. Initially, I did it all by myself in my home studio. Then I started hearing the quality, like, what the, like the way this, like, I've sending my songs to people like snippets and stuff like that, and they're, like, really, really loving it and stuff like that. So I had got a mix and master through one of my friends, and then I went to a, a professional studio out here and heard the quality of the recording there, and I fell in love with that process. And I was like, I just recorded my whole entire album all over from scratch, even though it was already done and ready yeah. to go. I, <laughs> and I did that over the course of the last, I think the last month oh, wow. I did that. All tell of December about, I did that. Yeah. Tell me about that process because I imagine it's not cheap no. and then you got to go prepared, <laughs> right? Because if I don't know, do they charge you by the hour? Yeah, it's an hourly fee at, at the studio I go to. So I, I, like I said, I already recorded it. So when I yeah. brought him all the stems and stuff for that, it was just me going to perform. Okay at the studio, like I know the song by heart. I just went in there. I could knock out two, three songs in one session. It's a six song yeah. album. I've only, I knocked out the whole album in three studio sessions. And one of them, one of the sessions was with a live band. Like oh, I took, wow. I had this one song that was only a minute and 30 seconds long. And then the studio 
um, engineer. His name is LG Hamilton. I, uh, the team, the, the music group studios up in North OKC. Shout out, yeah. yeah, shout out to him, man. He really changed my life with this album, man. Like, I'm never going anywhere else but that studio from here on out because he showed love and has my music sounding really professional right yeah. now. For the rest of the tracks, did you take the tracks, like the stems, so yeah. they could do everything separately? Yeah, I purchased the beats in full so I can okay. get all the, the track stems so I'm not yeah. working off one track MP3s or stuff like that. So the beat can be manipulated and sound better through the, you can take stuff out, put stuff in. So. Yeah, I bet that's huge if you want to actually master it, yeah. everything, EQ, everything. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Was there a lot of pressure? Because you were like time bound, right? Like, you know, it's just money, money, money. Yeah, yeah. So. Were you nervous about that or no? No, not really, man. I was. I, I can't. I come. To, I go to the studio really prepared, so I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna worry about that. Even when we did the live session, I was prepared, and the band that he brought in for me. These guys are professional musicians. They go on tour with um, artists all over the world, and they play at all pretty much every church out here in OKC. So they yeah. pick up music really quick. I played the beat for like 20 seconds, and then they just took over from there. And re like, they remade it. the. They remade the whole song from scratch, and it was nice. the most beautiful musical experience. I've ever been a part of. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you're hooked. Cause we're I'm talking hooked, about yeah. the listening party. You said <laughs> you're going to have like acoustic set, stuff like yeah, that. Right? I'm going to have myself and an acoustic guitarist. His name is uh Paco. Okay. Um, he's, I, I, I asked him to play for me. He's learning my music right now. We're going to start rehearsing next week and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's going to be a real intimate set for three of my songs, three of my favorite songs off the album. And yeah, it's going to be a vibe for sure. Have you done that where you perform where it's just a stripped down version? You've done that before? I have. My because band. that, like, you know, your vocals and everything have to be on point yeah. if you're going to do that, yeah. right? Believe it or not, when I was in Washington, my very, very first performance was a live stream on YouTube during COVID. That was your first performance? Yeah, and I had got a band. The, the uh, producer I was working with up there at his studio, he had a lot of connections in the city. He knew a bunch of uh, uh, musicians and stuff like that. So yeah. he pulled them all together let me know their price. And they learned my music. They would come to my house. It was like, we, we work, uh, we rehearsed for like two, three weeks at my house. They would come through, learn my songs and we'd just sing them. Boom, boom, boom. And then I had the performance in this barn. It was like a studio slash barn recording studio. And yeah, I had the band right there with me live and it was pretty dope. That's on YouTube as well. I don't remember the link for it, but <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that was cool. my very first time performing anything. And it was with so, the band, so it's really come full circle after the last two, three years. You've had a, a lot of opportunities to perform live, then it sounds like, with even like your military background yeah. and then this stuff that you're mentioning now. Have you done like concerts and stuff like that or or bar gigs or anything like that? Yeah, I've done some bar gigs and I go to a lot of open mics out here in the city. That's how I got my little momentum out here by going to open mics through Poetic City, open mics with Poetry and Chill, and then I do poetry also at the Ice Event Center from time to time. Like, that wasn't something that was in my bag. I just picked that up when I became a member of Poetic City and yeah. ran with it from there. What inspires you to write your music? Is it just like stuff you live through or what? Yeah, everything I write about is something that I've actually done and lived through. There's, I don't have any songs where it's just like a fantasy or <laughs> me projecting something I want to happen. Everything that I've ever made, any song that I have out there is something I've truly done. Yeah. Have you explored any other genres? Are you limited kind of like your bag is in country? That's where you're going to stick? Or what do you think? I truly want to stick to this lane, yeah. but I get a lot of requests for features. And um, sometimes I'll jump into that artist's, that artist's world too to okay. enhance the vibe of their song as well. I come from the R&B world. I, I've rapped in my music as well. Um, I got a lot of 
punk and rock influence, country influence in my sound. So you're liable to hear anything. I'm not saying I'm truly locked in because I really want to do an Afrobeats okay. uh, project too. Yeah, that's super like, odd. Like all that stuff, <laughs> like, psh, man, it's yeah. crazy right now. That wave yeah. is crazy. Who are your favorite Afrobeat artists? Man, Tams. Man, I love her. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if, if you don't like get into like a good vibe <laughs> or want to dance when you hear that yeah. music, like something's wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got no soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. So tell me, you know, you've got this project. What can people expect if they go to the listening party? Is it open to anybody? Are there tickets involved? Like how do they go to it? Yeah, if you want to come to the listening party, you can go to 530.com or you can find it on Facebook as well. The entry fee for it is $10. And um, what you're going to see there, I got some uh, local artists on the ticket as well. I got um, Wes. He's an artist originally from Texas, but he's living out here now. He's a soul, soulful artist, R&B type vibe. Then I have uh, another artist by the name of Amber DeCasios. She's also an R&B singer, a good friend of mine. And um, Queen Kai, she's a member of Poetic City as well. And she has a nice soulful vibe as well. So you're going to get country, soul, R&B, all in one little night of uh, musical bliss for sure. Yeah, that's a cool lineup. Tell me a little bit about the grind and the hustle behind being an artist, right? Because most people think it's just fun and just, you know, posting on social media or whatever. <laughs> but like you said, it takes a lot of investment. It takes a lot of like resources. Yeah. So tell me the behind the scenes because most people probably aren't aware of that, right? Behind the scenes, man, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Excuse the cliche, but there really is like... You really gotta. Uh, you really gotta. Like I'm a. I have a job, so I have to truly work eight to ten hours a day, yeah. and then focus on the music after that. So I got to put time aside, also while taking care of my children. So you really have to be able to compartmentalize and, and uh, prioritize stuff in your life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just a really. It's a grind, but it's a grind I chose and a grind that I love. So I don't think it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. What about the social media aspect of it? Because I've seen you've been posting and your stuff looks super professional. That promo that you did with the red backdrop, yeah. that looked really cool. Yeah. So tell me about that. The social media aspect. What's funny is that I just got back on social media in November, like the end no of way. November. Okay. I had take I had deleted everything like in August 2022. I went through like a, a really depressive phase in my life. So I just got rid of everything. And I didn't even make music for a long time or for like almost a year. I didn't, I didn't do, I had no creative anything in my brain or nothing like that. I just lost it all. And I picked up momentum with this country project and I got back on social media because I knew what I had or what I have is going to make waves, but you can't make waves if nobody can right. see you. You can be the best <laughs> artist in the world if nobody knows about you, right? So I... Yeah. yeah, I really was going to have my daughter manage my social media. I have a, a teenage daughter. Okay. But I just took it and just ran with it and got everything back up and running from scratch. And I'm building right now all over again. It's picking up momentum. But all that takes also money. You got to put money into your promotions on your posts and stuff like that in order sure. for people to find you and follow you and start vibing and tapping in with you as an artist and a person. So, What I've been seeing is live has been working especially tiktok lives yeah. have you done like any tiktok lives where you're just like performing for people and stuff like that or i have i have i just did one the other day like i just got like my tiktok has gone up tremendously since my very first post i've been on there for a month maybe mm -hmm. and i'm already eligible to do lives, to do lives. immediately like yeah. it wasn't it took me like a week i just think you have to be like over a thousand yeah. people right it took yeah. me like a week to get that through promotion and then now Every once in a while, I'll do a live. I'll play music in the background or just play the instrumentals to my beats. Mm -hmm. 
to, to my songs and sing to them on the live. I don't want to give too much because the album isn't out yet, so right. I don't like to <laughs> do too much. Just a like, little tease. Yeah, right? just little teasers here and there. And yeah. it's been working for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think that's really cool because I, I see that blowing up. And if you want to build a following, doing those lives just gives you straight interaction, yeah. right? Like back in the days, you didn't know who your fans were or what they no. were interested. This is direct feedback, right? So if they're feeling a certain song, they're feeling a certain vibe, you can like, okay, they're feeling this, like, let me get in my bag. This is what they like, right? Yeah. You use that to your advantage of just like checking out who your fan, like who would you describe as like your typical fan, I guess? Or is it like wide range? Man, I look at the demographics on TikTok. It's a whole different demographic. My biggest fan base on there is 18 through 25. I don't think they know how old I am. Okay. I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> yeah, keep it in the wraps. <laughs> keep it under, under the wraps yeah. right now. But 18 through 25 is my biggest demographic on TikTok. And then on Instagram, when I do when I run my ads for that, the demographic for that is like 25 to 34, so around my age group. And um, I'm looking at the cities and stuff like that, seeing who's tapping with tapping in with me the most in different cities right now. Houston, Oklahoma City, and Nashville, believe it or not, cool. are the biggest cities that are messing with my content and my music. So that lets me know where I should go yeah. when it comes time to tour that's, and stuff like that. It's a great way to like hit up venues and yeah. say, hey, I've got – X amount of listeners in this area. I'm looking for an avenue to perform or whatever. Like you got the numbers to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I'm using all those promotional tools and add um, statistics to like narrow in who I need to target and stuff like that when it yeah. comes to promotion and just my music in general. So was music always your dream or as a kid, did you want to do something else or was it always music? I truly wanted to be a, Basketball, not basketball player, but baseball or football player. Really? That's, that's yeah. the dream of every every kid. Every kid. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I had dreams of making it to the league, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But took a different route, joined the military. Yeah. But I what also. Did you want to do like quarterback or what did you want to do? No, I was a tight end. Okay. And a defensive end um, play in football and then baseball. Okay. I grew up as a pitcher and stuff like that. And I was I actually had the opportunity to play what's considered professional baseball in Germany when I was stationed over there. So it's like the equivalent of double A. Yeah, I played for a team called the Firth Pirates, and it was pretty fun, man. I got to live that dream out a little bit, the baseball dream, and yeah, it's cool. What was that like? Was it just a lot of grind and a lot of hustle? I imagine, but I, I guess if if you're not in the major leagues, I guess the the pay is probably not there, right? It's a lot of sacrifice. It was very minimal, to tell you the truth. Yeah. But it was something like with the music, I loved it, and I didn't care if I was doing it for free or not. I just yeah. wanted to play the game, and I had the time to do it. it was the games were on the weekend, and I traveled all over Germany to, to play these games. And I'd go to practice during the week. It was like a forty-five minute drive to my team's address in Germany, but I would go there every day yeah. after work, go to practice, just like I was in high school or something. <laughs> even though I was in the, in the army. <laughs> what about the diet? Because I think the diet's also super important, right? Was it hard to keep up with the a clean diet if you're trying to be a pro athlete or no? I was already in the military, and we had that. We have heightened weight standards in the military, so. Okay. I had to meet those already, and we yeah, worked out yeah. every single day in the army. So I was already there with that physical ability. So yeah, well, that's cool. So what are your goals for this year? You've got the project about to drop. Are you going to set up a tour behind the the album? What What are your goals for this year? That's exactly my goals. Like I really want to. I'm going to promote this project until I can't anymore. I'm going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. I already have stuff tucked away and follow to follow up because I know people are going to want it. But I'm going to push this album pretty much the whole entire year and drop a couple singles in between time. And then I want to take some time to go on like my own mini tour. 
I'm going to have to do it on my own by contacting bars and stuff like that yeah. in the city and in Texas. That's my, I'm going to attack Texas and Oklahoma this year and see what I could do in this region and then expand from there once the buzz and the word gets out. Like I have a show um, January 20th in Paris, Texas. This will be my second time at this venue. Cool. And yeah. You thought about doing like Austin, Austin City Limits or anything like that? Yeah, I thought about all that stuff. I really have all that stuff tucked in my in my in my in my back of my brain. I really want to really just branch out. I don't want to just do too much too fast. I want to sure. dip my feet in the waters and see how everything's going. And then as the momentum builds, so will the uh, types of venues I yeah go to. Features? Are you open to features and even like other genres? Let's say they just want like a country hook or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Would you be down to something like that? Or I've got so many people hitting me up now yeah. already. Yeah, <laughs> from the open mics, like, hey, uh, five thirty, I need a, a hook. I want to be on a country song with you and stuff like that. I actually got one from my friend in Atlanta, um, Gual the Great. He sent me a track today that he wants me to do the hook on, and um, we have a couple songs out already together. And this will be our third installation of us working together. And yeah. Are you like pretty good about like, I, I, for me, if someone like randomly hits me up, Hey, I want you to do this feature. Is it hard to like get the same vibe or kind of like, you know, make, cause you want to have that chemistry yeah. together. Right. So is it hard to do that or no? I don't necessarily say yes to everything. Like okay. I'll go and l listen to their music and if the messaging behind what they are saying in their music or like the quality isn't there, I'm not going to accept I'm just not going to put my name on any song. So yeah, I really, yeah. It has to be a right fit. It has right? to be a fit. Yeah. yeah. We were also talking about how some of your songs are sort of like God related, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit Christian based, something like that. Like, is that something you're going to explore as well? Or Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like I, I, I grew up really in a really strict Christian home and um, like God is truly the center of my life and it will always be. And I talk about God in almost every song, even if it's a love song, I'll say, I thank God that I found you or something yeah, like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I really do. I infuse that into my music, but not too much to where it's like truly, really, really, really churchy and stuff that will turn people away. I make my music palatable for a wide audience. So it's just not like, oh, he's a, a Christian artist. I just, people can relate to my music based off of the, the um, stuff that I'm talking about. Yeah. What's been your biggest struggle so far? If you had to sum it up to something, what do you think has been the biggest struggle in the, in the music industry? Yeah. Um, I would say support sometimes like I post a lot about support because you got, a like I'm somebody like my friends and family, stuff like that. And people that I've brushed elbows with and stuff like that. They, they know me like they've seen me before they've touched me. They've, they've been around me in my presence and stuff like that. And sometimes it's hard to get support from people that truly know you. Right. Like I can get support from somebody off the street. They'll buy my album for $50. <laughs> I've seen it yesterday on my site. Somebody I've never met in my life bought my album for the books. Yeah. And I've sent that same link to everybody in my inner circle and none of them have bought it. So you're like, man, but I can't, I'm not resting on that. I don't, it's not about them. It's about the people that do support, you know what I'm saying? So. Why do you think that is? Because I've ran into that too. And then like Beyonce will drop a track. And they'll something. buy it and they'll post it. Everybody's and they'll posting share it. the story. Like, yeah. It's like, oh my God. But I, I don't know. Like, what do you think it is? Just because they just know you? As, I don't I don't know. As, like, I've never been in that or, position. Like yeah. every one of my friends that make music or has a business, I truly support them. You could ask yeah. them. Like, you, like, I support all of my friends. If they have merch, I'll buy it. Like I, I don't like I might not necessarily wear it out in public or whatever, but I'm gonna buy it to to put money in their pocket. Mm -hmm. 
That's just that's yeah. just me. I haven't been able to figure it out. I just don't know if <laughs> I don't like, know the answer either, man. Because most of my viewers are like people I don't even know too, mm-hmm. like other states, even other countries, right? So to me, I don't know if it's just because like they just view you as just like their friend, yeah, and they can't sort of vision you as like this guy that's producing music <laughs> or whatever, and you they don't view you as a star basically as yeah. a celebrity. I, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It's but. weird, but you're not gonna make it about them. We make it about the people that do. Yeah, truly sure. support us for sure. And what about just struggles? Just you know, you said limited to music, but what about just struggles overall? Have you had some? Imagine uh, you know getting out of the, the military and the war and everything, having to adjust to normal life was probably a big struggle too, right? Man, I'm still like, I say this to people all the time. Like, I I truly I feel like I haven't found myself after I left the military because the military at the time defined pretty much who I was. I was Staff Sergeant Wilmot and yeah. that's who I was. Like I was soldier. My whole entire identity was tied to that. And then once I got out, I felt like I lost my identity. I was Sometimes I feel like I'm just still out here flapping in the wind trying to figure out who I am. But I know this music right here is my purpose. Yeah. Whether it be singing in church, like making music is my purpose. Yes, I have the job to pay the bills, but my purpose is to truly touch souls through mm. through making music. For You're sure. still out here like making your bed every morning, ironing all your clothes. I making... wish I could tell that lie to you. <laughs> no, <laughs> that didn't that didn't keep up. My no? bed's wild, wilding right now. <laughs> I feel like you said like a lot of military people. They just like that's their identity, right? Yeah, and, and you even see it with like veterans, and they're super proud to be a veteran. But it's almost like they don't have their own identity or their mm-hmm. own hobbies after the military, right? Yeah. Like they just get stuck with that, right? So if you had to give advice for people going through that, like what's the best way to adjust you know, to normal life after you get out of the military? I would say to just try to get outside of your comfort zone. I know it's hard. A lot of us deal with PTSD and we don't like to be in necessary places with a lot of people. You don't really have to just try to get outside of your house, get outside of your normal atmosphere, try something different. Try to remember the things that you liked before the military and stuff that that you were passionate about and try to tap back into those, whether it be like what anything, whatever you played sports, go join an amateur basketball league or something like that. Do that. Like keep yourself occupied, keep your mind occupied. Something's going to something you'll latch on to something and make it worthwhile. I guarantee you if you just actually look for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. I always ask my guests if I pull up your playlist, who am I going to find on your playlist? So I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Pull up my playlist. Probably at the tippy top of it, you'll have Too Much Drake, for sure. <laughs> my playlist now consists of a lot of country music. I've uh, I kind of turned down my... um. Like, I don't really listen to hip-hop too much anymore. Really? Because the messaging in it right now is just yeah. piss poor, and I just just not tapping into it like that no more. Like I don't want that those frequencies going through my brain. I like yeah. tapping into more positive stuff. Um, I listen to a lot of instrumentals. I listen to, I, it sounds crazy, but I listen to myself a lot so I don't get influenced by outside acts and stuff like that. Um, but, Do you yeah. like listening to yourself? I think a lot of people hate the sound of their own voice, like when they record themselves and stuff like I that. I don't like my speaking voice, so yeah. I probably not. You're not <laughs> like going to the pot? <laughs> <laughs> I was counting on your stream. <laughs> I'm going I'm to look at it, but I really don't like my speaking voice. Yeah. People say it's crazy because I make music and stuff like that. They're like, yeah, you have a great voice, but I say, yeah. I don't sound like a frog sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man. 
So no uh, Frank Sinatra, no jazz anymore, nothing like that. Um, not in my current playlist, yeah. no. But I do listen to stuff like that. My what I've, I've been listening to, I drove down to Texas just to spend the weekend last weekend, and as I was driving down, I pulled up a bunch of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Creed, um, Papa Roach. Like I don't know why I felt like listening to that <laughs> stuff, but I, I just I just wanted to, and I just that's what I was listening to last week. Yeah. And this. What week, are your thoughts on Nickelback? Because people are always like. Nickelback is the worst band in the world, <laughs> or they're like dedicated fans. There's no in between. I'm actually not too tapped in with Nickelback. No? I know their music, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a true fan of Nickelback. So yeah. I'd probably be leaning towards what you said at first. Okay. I yeah. wouldn't say they're trash, but <laughs> they're almost like the meme for like uh, like a cringy band, yeah. or something like that. Like it's always Nickelback. They're always making fun of. Them. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Yeah. So I think you know you mentioning all these you know, different artists, different genres. I have to put you on the spot. Who would be the dream collab? Are we talking Drake? Are you going to go Drake? Or who are we going to dream collab? Jagged Edge, man. I always Jagged thought I was Edge. the fifth member of Jagged Edge. Yeah. Like if they always, if they needed one, like put me in coach type deal. Like, I saw him last you. year, man. Those I missed that. So that was like last January, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. I was so mad I missed yeah. that. <laughs> I Sad. think they're they're coming pretty pretty soon, I think. I forget they're coming back. Yeah, I'm going to try to see if I can get up there when I get here. You've never saw them like, uh -uh. live? Yeah. They were my favorite uh -uh. group. Like, yeah. I, I miss those days when there was R&B groups, man. Like Jagged Edge, Boys and Man was my first. Yeah. 112? Oh, man. Like 112? Yeah. yeah. I've seen 112 in concert in Grand Prairie. Okay. I got to see them and uh, next. They were in a, and Casey and Jojo, they were in one concert together. Yeah. That was like a, that'd be a crazy that was concert. a dream concert. There was like Scarface was there, uh, Mike Jones, Bumby. It was weird to have yeah. those six entities together, but it was dope for me because it yeah. brought all my musical. My previous uh, guests we were talking about R&B and how the ladies are kind of the ones that are keeping R&B alive, yeah, right? Sure. If you got, you know, Summer Walker, you got all these crazy like artists, but no true like male R&B artists that are sticking out anyways. You feel that's the, the same? Like you think like the ladies are the one carrying the torch or no? Yeah, I could see that for sure. Like Ella May, um, SZA, yeah. uh, Ari Lennox. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really killing it right now. Like I say, yeah, the females got it right now in the R&B game. But I don't want to discredit any of my, my boys out there that are doing their thing. And they're still out there. But right now, the attention's on the ladies. And that's... It's deserved for real. Right now, I'm trying to put everybody onto October London. Have you heard? I've him? heard the name, but I haven't he, listened to the music. He sounds like the next Marvin Gaye. You really? Need, you need to check him out. I got to really he's check him out. He's pretty dope. Sure. Yeah, I want to see him live. What about merch? You know, we were talking about limited CD runs, stuff like that. You know, merch right now, I think, is probably more important than maybe ticket sales. It is. That's where with, with all the venues and how much they take a cut. Yeah, yeah. I saw that firsthand at Raw Wave concert a few months ago. Like, he had a huge merch stand back in um, Paycom Center. Mm -hmm. Like, hoodies were going for, like, 160 bucks, and the line was stretched was all around crazy. the building. He was selling them. So I know he made millions of dollars on his tour just off the merch alone. That's all his money. Yeah. So right now I have on my website as well a merch store. I don't physically have copies. It's, order, it's made to order, so you order, it goes through the company that I'm working with. They'll print it all off. It's good quality merch, too, but... That's my next step is to tap in and get my own inventory and build my own so I have my own physicals that I can pull up to at venues and stuff like that and sell. Yeah. I think the name would look cool. You already got a logo and everything, yeah. or you already got that. Design. I do. That was one of the first things I did before I even made a song. Oh, like, really? I, I, I tapped in with one of my friends that's in the music industry that has been doing it since like 2011. He was in the military as well. And I called him when I decided I wanted to make music, and he just... 
he had this little pamphlet of how to become an artist type stuff, and he just sent it to me because he had his own consulting business for artists, and he, out of love, he just sent me it for free, and I read it, and I just followed followed yeah. the footprint and did everything I needed to do to make myself into a music artist. That's dope. I'm going to put you on the spot, too. Favorite memory of Alaska. Tell Man. me if you had to sum it up. <laughs> My favorite memory of Alaska, um, I would say, is when I went to Barrow, Alaska. That's like the very, very, very top of the United States, dang near. We had a basketball term, tournament up there. And when we got off the plane, it was like negative 50 degrees outside. Oh, heck, no. I'd be negative right back 50. on the plane. But we had to, <laughs> there was no like tunnel, so we had to walk off the plane to into the into the terminal. And I took like a deep breath in like that, and all my nostrils just, all my hairs just broke off. And then, <laughs> That's great. That's your favorite? <laughs> no, no, there's a, I actually got to walk on the, the Bering Sea. It was frozen. Okay. So I got to walk on the ocean. Like I walked out pretty far too. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. I have so many memories, man. I can go on for days about the stuff I did in Alaska. Like we used to <laughs> go down to the river when the um, salmon were spawning in the summer and there'd be bears down there and stuff like that. We'd like pull up on the truck on top of the bridge and like throw rocks at the bear no and then hop back in the back of the truck <laughs> and, and drive down the street. To yeah. <laughs> stuff like that you'll never, that you'll never be able to do anywhere else but Alaska. For sure. I got to do. Did you ever get to see the Northern Lights? I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I did. Yeah. The part of Alaska that I that I grew up in, you don't see them as much. Okay. Has to be really clear. Where I grew up in, it rains like almost three hundred days out of the year, so uh, okay. it's very minimal clear days. As I, I think they even got tours where they'll take yeah. you out to like go see the Northern Lights, but they they can't guarantee it, right? Nah. Like the conditions have to be almost perfect. It's crazy right? when they when they're out, man. This looks like just lights dancing across the horizon. It's it's a very unique experience. Man. I've heard that there's a like a noise, like almost a wind chime. I don't know if that's true or not, but people it does. It that. does. It, it does. You do hear a little, like a little tinkling type yeah. sound. Yeah, it's, it's weird, it's man. It's crazy. <laughs> I always thought people were messing with nah, me. It's like you can hear a sound. I was like, whatever. Alaska is pretty much untouched, man. It's the most beautiful place that I've ever been to in this world, and yeah. I've been a few places due to the military, but Alaska is still number one in when it comes to beauty. Yeah. That's why I gravitate to Washington and Colorado. I really like those states without having to go to Alaska. <laughs> That's cool. What about the artists in here in Oklahoma? Have you been able to collab or connect with the artists here around the city? I have. I have. Um, right now, I work a lot with um, Willis Ryder. He's a, a dope rapper and poet and actor out here. Um, my boy, Second Chance Simpkins. I got some songs with him that we just recently put together. In the last couple months, um, I've also collabed with uh, Spree's. He's got one of the hottest songs in the city called Be What's Up. I'm not going to cuss on the pod, but <laughs> it's called Be What's Up, and it's really spinning on the radio right now. It's um, shout out in the clubs him. right now, so shout out to him. Okay. Um, I've worked with Queen Ella. We have a couple songs. She's on my project as well, and yeah. um, I have a song in that we recorded a couple years ago that she hasn't put out yet, but she's going to this year, I believe. Cool. So, yeah. Got a lot of got a lot of stuff in the works with artists out here. What do you I'm, think is the overall vibe here in Oklahoma as far as artists and collabs and stuff like that? Is it pretty supportive? Like you think it's like a pretty cool vibe or what? That's a pretty yeah. dope vibe, man. Yeah. I think that goes off of who I am as a person though. Like I'm I love to collaborate with people and I like to get to know other artists and how they do what they do. So I open the door to every artist that I meet dang near and try to work with them or just get to know them as a person as well. And I bring a lot of artists to my 
home because I have a studio there and I let people just go there like boot camp and work on their craft. I don't charge anybody that comes to my house. I let them come through and record. And if they use that recording to get mixed and mastered, by all means, but if they don't, they had an opportunity to better their craft at my studio. So That's dope. What are your thoughts about AI and people using AI to create music? Like Drake is not a fan for sure. Man, I'm not a fan either because I'm a I'm a writer writer. Like I really write every single song. I've had help on a couple songs with Willis Ryder. No pun intended. He's a writer and he's a great writer. So he's helped me out with a couple of my current tracks. But I write everything myself. Yeah. And I take pride in that. And using a computer or using artificial intelligence to do that is kind of like a slap in the face to the game slapping the face to the art of writing. What if you're just trying to get inspired and you're just like running ideas? Like you don't think it's like- I guess you do that with with people. You get, you bounce ideas off each other in the studio. If you don't have one, anybody in the studio, I could see why artists would type a prompt in, chat GPT or something (laughs) like that to get some inspiration. Write me a song like Jagged Edge about a broken heart. Yeah. It's going to give it to you. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Have you played around with it or no? No, I haven't. Not for music. I used to do the, my first- um, album cover for my album my initial concept was an ai picture of me in a cowboy hat okay i was like man that looks pretty dope That's awesome. <laughs> but then i used that as my original cover when i got rid of it and actually took some real pictures yeah yeah that's cool <laughs> so elevator pitch if you know people are like hey why should we check out your music what makes you different than the other country artists like i'm gonna put you on the spot Give me your elevator pitch of why people should check it out you should check me out because my sound is unique my voice is unique and my message is powerful. I'm not, I'm going to give you something that you can relate to. I'm going to give you something that you can latch onto, something you can learn from and something you can grow from. Like what I talk about, serious topics. I talk about life. I talk about struggle. I talk about um, the progress of becoming great. Like all that stuff that anyone can relate to. Like if any song that anyone hears, they've probably been through something similar. And that's what I pride myself on being relatable to the masses and just not one particular section of people. And it's real. It's not AI. Yeah, right? real. <laughs> That's cool. We're about to wrap it up, but before we do, you know, I want to give you a space to plug in your social media, plug in your project, you know, listening party, everything you got going on. You know, the stage is yours. All right now. Um, I got the listening party at the Place to Be Event Center in Midwest City on January 26th. It's from 8 to 11. I'll have special performances from Wes, Amber DeCasios, and um, Queen Kai. It'll be hosted by Willis Ryder, and the DJ will be DJ Chief Trey. My mom's actually cooking for the event. Like no It's going to be a whole thing. I'm going to have drinks. I'm going to have... What's on the menu? <laughs> uh, she's going to make some empanadas. Oh, no yeah. Uh, okay. uh, my uh, mom's Panamanian. So that's cool. We'll have that. Excuse me. We'll have that, those empanadas there, and then I'll have some finger foods and stuff like that available as well. And yeah, you can find me on social media at 530. That's 5, I-V-E, 3-R-T-Y. And definitely go check out my album at 530.com. You can get it right now before it releases to the world for a small fee. And um, you can check out my show, up and coming shows, like everything pertaining to me on my website. And yeah, the merch is on there, everything. Just check me out. And what's the name of the new project? The name of the new project is called The Return. The Return. Return. Okay, cool. Well, I want to thank you for your time. You know, I know you're super busy, like you said. You've got a day job. You got everything going on with the music and everything like that. You know, you're always welcome anytime you want to. You know, swing by the podcast. Just hit me up. Thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I know I reached out to you, and I saw what you were doing. It was a vibe, and I wanted to be part of what you had going on. And I wanted to also have the platform. I appreciate you for giving it to me to introduce myself to more people 
and get to know me as a person as opposed to just the artist and what I put out in music. So I appreciate definitely. that for sure, man. Yeah, you got a cool vibe. You're unique. So definitely people check him out. Check out his music everywhere. It's five with the number five, right? Yes, I-V-E. And then 30 with the number three mm-hmm. in the front, right? 30. So definitely check him out. I want to thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the super talented 530 on the Maverick Podcast. Keep grinding because in dreams, we trust. Peace, peace, peace.